Hey guys, welcome back to part three of the NRECA EV Survey Summary Show. You have found the EV Diaries. It's the place where we discuss electric vehicles in rural America. I'm an engineer for a distribution cooperative in southeastern Kentucky. And our national association, the NRECA, National Rural Electric Cooperative Association, commissioned a study on EVs and published a summary of the survey to us co-op folks. Now, you can find a summary of the summary at cooperative.com, and there's a link in the episode one show notes. And this is the third part of me talking about their findings and offering my personal opinion on the cooperative's role in EV America. Well, one of the findings that was um, in the cooperative member surveyed that they wanted co-ops to make purchasing home chargers and equipment and I should say home charging equipment the chargers are actually on the car uh, in the car I should say um, the car is equipped with an inverter that allows you to take the AC current out of the wall and put it into your DC battery that's in the car however getting back to um, the survey cooperative members wanted co-ops to make purchasing home charging equipment easier and they wanted discount for charging at night and off-peak hours and we've talked about that a little bit we're going to talk about it a little more today EV owners also want discounts just for owning an EV and one of the other findings was they want data info on cost of charging what their car is actually costing them and they want co-ops to pass their charging data to battery manufacturers so that that can accelerate the um, development of better batteries i think co-ops do need to be able to assist their members purchasing chargers by providing guidance because most people just don't know what to buy and like i said Technically, the chargers are on the car. The charging equipment is EVSE, or Electric Vehicle Supply Equipment, and it's level one or level two. Level one's the slowest, and you usually get a EVSV charger with your car, the level one. Level two is charges faster, but requires a little bit more than just plugging it into a wall socket and most people don't know what to buy but when we talk in-home charging um, we're really talking about level two capabilities so if you go on amazon.com there are all sorts of level two chargers available and they come in all different shapes sizes uh, but all in all, they're pretty much the same. And I use that in a broad term because I know some people are saying they're not the same. They they are. A level two charger is going to give you a faster charge. It's going to operate on 240 volts, uh, just like a clothes dryer. And it's going to give you anywhere from uh, 
five kilowatts of power to seven kilowatts of power depending on the configuration of the charger but essentially even though the charge rates are going to be different it's basically doing the same thing just know the higher the rating the faster it's going to charge of course that's also um, determined by the inverter on the car because the inverter limits how much you're going to be able to push to your battery at any given time so uh, keep that in mind you can actually if uh, you know how fast your your battery uh, will charge how much power it will take at one time you can save money by getting a, a lower wattage on your charged equipment don't don't oversize your equipment you need to know what your car can take that's the point i'm trying to make anyway uh some of the uh chargers like i said if you get on amazon.com you can see all sorts of charge charging equipment i keep wanting to say chargers i've been using it interchangeably it's not technically the case like i said technically but charging equipment um you know some have wi-fi some can send you updates to your phone um there's there's a lot of bells and whistles you can get on a charger, but there are hundreds to choose from. Some are hardwired, mount to the wall, um, and they have to be hardwired into your breaker box, um, which, you know, requires an electrician. Some plug into a 240-volt plug, just like your dryer. Of course, if you know anything about dryers, you know that... Uh, you get different pigtail configurations and you have to match that to your the plug in the wall. Same thing with your EVSE equipment. Um, and I guess saying EVSE equipment is sort of redundant since the E stands for equipment. Um, but anyway, the big thing is to make sure that one end fits the car and the other end fits what you're going to stick it into, <laughs> into your wall socket. I mean, that's that's uh, just common sense. I don't have a 240-volt outlet in my garage, so I would have to uh, have an electrician come and install that as well. Um, so I'm leaning towards my own personal use. I'm probably going to get a wall-mounted unit that wires directly to the electrical box because I'm going to... Uh, I don't plan on selling my house anytime soon. Although that is a consideration, hmm. If you are not going to be somewhere permanently, it might be best to to get a um, get a 240 volt outlet wired in your garage and then and then plug into that. Hadn't thought about that. That's a, that's a that's a thing. Um, if you're going to stay in your house for a long time, don't plan on moving. Go ahead and hard, hardwire it. Um, I mean that's that's the way I'm leaning, but that's that's just me. And remember, I don't have much experience in charging other than what we have done with the Chevy Volt at my cooperative. Now, we have an AeroVironment um, 32 amp EVSERS, which delivers 32 amps max. Um, right there, that gets you in that 7kW range. Um, and I'm not sure why we chose this unit other than it probably came from the GM dealership that we got the car from. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, Aero environment might just be their, their default charger. That might be what they're suggesting. But I would dare say that it was bought when the car was bought. Uh, I've also, if you go to Epcot at Disney World and do their test track, it's, it's sponsored by GM. When you get done, you get to see all the new GM cars, and they've got a lovely white bolt sitting there, and they've got an aerovironment charging station sitting there right by the car. So, you know, it's it's really, I I, I think there's a there's a, a connection there, and that's probably why we have that charger. I know that um, some chargers can do some analysis on your electrical system in the car and provide feedback, but I don't have a whole lot of knowledge about that. Um, uh, that could be very useful, but coming back to the point I wanted to make, co-ops really do need to be able to provide guidance. Um, some co-ops may wish to sell and promote a certain brand, uh, but that's a whole whole can of worms. I know in the past cooperatives have sold everything from water heaters to heat pumps as a service to their membership. And it just made it easy, one-stop shopping, get your electricity and all your appliances at the same place. And that brings me to incentives for charging equipment. How was that for a segue? That's, that's all right. In the past, co-ops have offered rebates for Energy Star appliances. See, there's the segue. And basically, what that has done is that has rewarded people for using less of our product. Think about that. We sell electricity and we're rewarding you for buying something that's going to use less. It sort of backfired. I mean, um, that caused a whole slew of things like fewer sales, less money coming in, you still have your overheads, you have to raise rates. It's, it was really, it wasn't, I'm not going to say anything further. Uh, I mean, this, all this is my opinion and I'm just, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to reward people to, for using less of your your product but on the other hand EV charging equipment is a different situation because it's allowing people to use more of your product so in my opinion I think you know giving a rebate or some sort of incentive plan to help people buy home charging uh, home level 2 charging um, I, I think that that would be wonderful of course, again, there were battling the perception of giving, you know, people that can afford EVs a break on energy. So, I mean, it's it's really a, and if you go back, I talked about slippery slopes, about, you know, uh, the disparity, accessibility disparity. I think that was one of the things that was, uh, they talked about when talking about chargers in this study. Anyway, there's, there's perceptions and a lot of times it doesn't matter what you're going to do somebody's going to be upset about it but i digress on that um people want special rates for charging and that sounds like a good idea and there's a problem though it's a little more complex than that i've got two schools of thought on it and that's time of use rates or you develop a special ev rate now a time of use rate applies to the whole house because utilities really can't tell what you're doing um, on the other side of the meter. I mean, you know, there's a whole conspiracy theory that thinks the utilities are spying on you. 
and that's not the case. We just know what the meter tells us. We don't know if you're doing laundry or baking bread. We just really can't tell. We just know that you're using the energy. So if you have a time of use, uh, well, let's talk about time of use rates anyway, what they are. Time of use rate is basically on, on peak, you're paying a higher per kilowatt hour charge than on your off-peak times. And we've talked about how on-peak, off-peak affects, you know, what we do as a utility and the electricity has to be generated to match those peaks. And it's more expensive for utilities to generate electricity on-peak because that gets above their base load, which is the cheapest that they operate at. That's a, that's a whole other discussion. I've talked about that in previous episodes. And we may come back to that one time, but I don't want this to be a, and maybe it should be, maybe I should give more, more information on how a utility works so that you can make better EV choices. That might be something we talk about in the future. I don't know. That's, uh, that's pretty good. But anyway, time of use rates are designed to shift behavior. And for that to work, the on-peak charge per kilowatt hour has got to be absolutely ridiculously high. I mean, where we're at, we're just under nine cents a kilowatt hour. That's that's our residential rate. You're talking about having an on-peak rate of 25 cents and then an off-peak rate of a nickel. And if you're making that big of a difference, you're going to wait to dry your clothes until you're on an off-peak area. I mean, really, you're going to wait to charge your car until you're in an off-peak time of day. It's it's just common sense. But it's got to be that that big of a difference before you're ever going to change behavior. And in Kentucky, because we have PSC regulation, we can put out a time of use rate and we can uh, offer it to the public. It has to be approved by the PSC, but we can't force anybody on it. It has to be a voluntary adoption. And when you show somebody 25 cents a kilowatt hour, let me tell you, they're sticker shock. Uh, I mean, people see that, oh, I don't want to be on that. But here's the thing. If you actually do the math, you're going to save money if you shift your behavior in order to save money. I mean, it's a, it's a, win, it's a win-win for everybody, but you have to be willing to change your behavior. And most, pe most people won't do the math to see that. All right. Um, but that's the thing. Time of use, it's going to impact EV charging. It's going to impact your laundry, baking, anything done off-peak. You're just going to pay less for it. Of course, there's one caveat to this. Co-ops have to have an MDMS, which is Meter Data Management System, to monitor such. Not all co-ops can do that. Um you know, some co-ops are still using meter readers where they go and they get a total for how much you are using every month. Some co-ops have um, automatic uh, meter reading systems and they can tell you what you've used in a day because your meter gets read every day. Um, and that's, that's what our co-op had when I first started. And then we got the MDMS, which ours is set up to read every hour. So I can tell what you've used from seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Can't tell you what you were doing between seven o'clock and eight o'clock, but I can tell how much you used. 
and that's the the level that we have um, there's other co-ops have 15 minute interval data and they can tell you even finer what your usage pattern is but just remember that not all co-ops have the same level of technology so the fact that we can read daily or hourly i should say the fact that we can read hourly we could do a time of use um, some co-ops are not set up to do that so it's really it's really what they're capable of um, and you got to remember that co-ops they can't just run out and buy this stuff and implement it we have over 50,000 meters so it was a a transition getting to the to level that we're at and you have to remember cooperatives have to make the most use of the money that they have come in because it's the members money it really is and we have to spend that wisely but I'll let you know that 80% of every dollar that we take in goes to pay our electric bill to East Kentucky Power and then we have to cover overhead salaries operating costs whole nine yards off of the 20 cents that's left for, for every dollar that we bring in so there's a good reason that your cooperative your utility may not be be set up this way uh, of course a lot of it just depends on uh, how technologically advanced your co-op wants to be i know that some they they still like doing things the old-fashioned way and it's saving them money again uh off topic getting back on to uh special ev rates yeah that was mentioned in the um in the report special ev rate uh to charge off peak well here's here again this is complex if you offer a flat rate hey you've got an ev we're going to offer you a kilowatt hour charge at this but we need you to charge off peak just a flat rate okay problem with that is that we don't know when you're charging that car you could say yeah i'm charging off peak and then you roll in right in the middle of the hottest day of the year air conditioning running and you you plug your car in and start charging um and i'm not saying people would do that but i'm saying you know a lot of people won't even think about it and just they just do what they do so there you have to become the EV police and drive around and make sure people are not charging their cars when they shouldn't be charging their cars. So, you know, how, how, how do we know without, without spying on people? And nobody wants to get into that. And if you agree to charge off peak and don't, there's nothing we can do about it as a co-op. I mean, there's just not. Now, we can add a second meter to your house and just meter your charging and you know we can allow charging to only occur certain times of day you know there's sometimes you might have to charge because you've got an emergency you've got 15 minutes you know and you, you plug in because because you got to go i mean it's just one of those things we can add a second meter and if it's on all the time that's great but there again your second meter there's an installation cost. You're going to have to pay an electrician to come out and do things. We're going to have to install a second meter. We're going to have to another meter to read. We're going to have another bill to generate. It's going to cost you more money. It's going to cost us more money. And some some co-ops are doing that. But there there again, you know, it's it's really what is best. And and right now, um, you know. Some co-ops co are doing both. They're, they're doing time of use. 
they're doing special EV rates. Um, you know, some like us, we're right now, we don't have that big of a EV saturation. So, so we're looking at our options. Our, our rates are really low at less than nine cents a kilowatt hour. Um, so it's, it's one of those that um, people are, are really saving money anyway by charging at home, even at nine cents a kilowatt hour. And so some co-ops, they don't know what they're going to do because they don't have any EVs on their system, or at least none that they know of. That wraps up my analysis of the NRECA study. In general, I think co-ops do need to control the EV narrative in small town America. I think we should educate our members in all things EV. We need to become the resource, the voice of reason. We should be able to guide our members through the EV purchasing process. I'm not a big fan for subsidies or for co-ops to be outright owners of charging infrastructure, but I do think that they have to contribute to the effort if we're going to make EVs a, a natural thing in EV America, um, in small town America, EV America, that, I like that. We, EV America, now in small town America, co-ops do have to help in the effort. As far as discounts for EV ownership, you know, you're already reaping the benefits of owning an EV. You're operating at a third less than, than what your, your neighbor is in their big SUV. Um, don't be greedy. Come on. Come on. You're already saving money. You're getting tax rebates. It's don't be greedy. <laughs> that sounds sort of harsh. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, just because you're an EV owner that everybody else on the cooperative system should reward you for being an EV owner. Um, just take pride in, in the fact that you do own an EV and that you are watching out for not only the environment, but you're watching out for your neighbors and you're keeping their rates low. That should help you sleep at night. Uh, the data feedback part. Oh, um, yeah, I sort of glossed over that. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a, there's a whole privacy rights issue. Even even if it's anonymous, you know, you still have to have all this boilerplate uh, privacy policy and people have to sign off on it. And I don't know that that information matters or is even wanted by battery manufacturers. I think they're just in a mad dash to build the biggest, baddest, best battery already. So I think maybe just that extra data, you know, they could approach people and, and do pilot projects and get that data. Um, they don't have to have it forced upon them or it's just going to create, okay, somebody's got to collect the data. Somebody's got to organize the data. They've got to provide the data to the battery manufacturer, the battery manufacturer has to have somebody that goes through the data and sees if there's anything that's really life-changing that they didn't really know. So I don't know that the battery manufacturers are going to develop better batteries. They're already doing it as fast as they can. I mean, it, it's a race. It's like the space race was in the 60s. Um, they're, they're just, you know, they're just trying to one-up each other and just build, build a better battery. And you know, they're doing that without the feedback from EV owners. So I, I just don't know that it's wanted. Uh, but that's just, again, my personal opinion. Um, I don't, I don't speak for my co-op. I definitely don't speak for the NRECA. As far as this discussion and this report, you really should, 
you know, just call up your utility and, and see uh, what's available, what they offer, if they're doing anything on the EV front, um, education level. I mean, if you're an EV owner, you might be able to uh, help push the narrative in your area. Um, you might be able to, you know, hook up with one of their engineers and um, help educate. Please subscribe, review, hit me up on social media at EV Diaries. Um, I'm sorry it's uh, it's been a, a few days since my last post. I have been in beautiful Beaufort, South Carolina. I just picked up my um, my new Marine, uh, which is a um, special shout out to uh, Private First Class Allen. Uh, awfully proud of him. He's um, I, I just I just love the kid. He's uh, my I've had the pleasure uh, through my two children of having like this extended. Uh, group of kids that I really um, have been able to mentor and I hope uh, impact in a, a positive way um, and to see these kids go and become more and and I, I see I see all of their potential they can do anything they want to but to, to see these kids just come and and just just blossom grow into young adults uh ready to take on the world it just does my heart good and and let me tell you um ace he is just he's a special kid uh just absolutely love him to death and i could not be more proud and i will call him my marine until the day i die because he is just uh, he is just such a such a great kid and i am so glad that i know him the EV revolution is here, and together, we're going to have a fun ride.